0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out Employment Notebook here on localjobnetwork.com radio, your source for experienced guests and detailed knowledge on all things employment related. I'm Tim Muma, and we wanted to know how much do emotions play a role in your professional career. Now everyone is different, of course, but perhaps the impact is lost on all of us at times. So joining LG and Radio to help us examine the effect emotions can play at work and how that may change based on a variety of factors. We brought on the show Hillary Pearl. Hillary is an executive coach and consultant with Datner Consulting. And basically she goes out and helps executives in business settings who have maybe leadership or managerial issues that are getting in their way, and she helps correct those for sure. Hillary, thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned off the top, emotions, it's always uh, an interesting topic. And we do often hear that people say, well, you got to keep emotions out of the workplace. They might appear unprofessional. They could lead to some poor decisions. Overall, though, what would be your response to anyone saying that emotions need to stay at home?
1: My response is that would be impossible. I mean, we're all human. It's impossible to keep emotions at home and kind of take the other part of us to work. (laughs) They're part of our biological makeup, really. Um, Emotions are really part of a primitive response that was developed, you know, generations ago to survive. So, you know, all of those hormones that come flooding through us when we experience different hormones are just biological factors that we can't really control entirely in terms of the fact that they're happening, but we can respond to them in more productive ways. So we don't deal with running into a tiger in the wild anymore, but we do deal with what I call in my practice, people tigers, you know, the (laughs) things people tigers say and they do to us. It's really important to understand what your triggers are. What are the kinds of things that people tigers do or say that causes anger or resentment or any other kind of emotion to occur in you? So that's the kind of thing that, you know, we might at Dattner Consulting be brought in to help people with is uh, somebody who's acting as a bully at work or who's having trouble trusting people and micromanaging. I mean, it really runs the gamut of emotions and behaviors.
0: I think we need to get tiger people uh, trending on Twitter or something. I, I like that. It might be a new band name if anybody's out there uh, trying to start up a band. Um, but no, on a serious note, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying there. The emotions, um, you know, some things you can't control at times, and, and they are running through us all the time as well. How big of a role, though, do you think things like positivity and optimism can play as far as success in the workplace?
1: I think they're really, really productive traits. As a trait and a boss, it tends to bring out the best in people. People who are positive, optimistic, warm, are viewed more positively by other people. You know, they m- tend to maybe see the best in people, right. are forward-looking versus sort of what, what do we do wrong yesterday, but what can we do better tomorrow? Positive people are, you know, likely to, p- people who are very rewarding and people who feel rewarded are, tend to be very highly motivated. Now, related emotion is confidence, which is also extraordinarily powerful. Sure. Confident people tend to have higher social status. And there's been some interesting research studies about that in terms of how men and women estimate their abilities and the fact that men tend to overestimate and women tend to underestimate.
0: Well, let's touch on that a little bit more, the differences between men and women, because of course, we're not looking to stereotype and we're not looking to paint people in a corner, but there are certain differences that may arise and maybe in how people react to those confident people or things they might say or do. Where is that divide or where is it different?
1: Well, I think that uh, women tend to let their self-doubt stop them from, let's say, a man and a woman are asked to take a test and... The woman feels perhaps that she doesn't know all the answers. She doesn't know if she's going to be able to answer it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Her tendency will be to let self doubt get in the way and maybe not answer them at all and not do as well. Whereas if a man takes the same test, he'll tend to say, "Well, I probably, you know, I think I know enough about this to take a wild guess." Sure. When they're both encouraged to answer all the questions, they tend to do equally. Hmm,
0: that's interesting. Another side of that, and we kind of uh, mentioned it earlier, was the idea of how it might be perceived. Is there a difference in how men and women are perceived when it comes to emotions in the workplace in general?
1: Very much so. There's a lot of research on this. In predominantly male environments or environments where there's a higher ratio of men to women, the women are behavior, whether it's, say, being passive-aggressive or a little defensive or even walking away from a situation or getting upset or showing that they're upset, those behaviors are viewed by men as meaning that the women's content, therefore, isn't there. There's the credibility of their comments or whatever the words are or Mm -hmm. whatever the content is that's being discussed is considered to be negligible. Hmm. Women, you know, are in a kind of a bigger bind because their behavior does in some ways need to be more controlled than men because as we probably have seen, men can sometimes be angry or get aggressive in a workplace and and they may not be be, uh, viewed as the same as women who might be viewed in certain ways because they're acting, say, aggressively.
0: Well, I do think it is important to talk about that aspect of it. And uh, of course, the focus for this episode is going to be in general talking about emotions, but I think it was important to touch on that that difference there. And it may come up as well as we move forward with this. Going back to the idea of positivity and optimism, I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist by any means, but I'm definitely not the uh, overall cheery person in the office. Can there be too much positivity? Can there be a negative to all that optimism in the workplace?
1: It's a really interesting question. I think it's helpful to have a mix of people, mm-hmm. not highly negative people in the workplace, sure. but people who view that glass has half full versus half empty. I think it would lead to a more productive discussion. So if, if somebody is over-optimism about the level of risk they're going to take, it might be helpful to have other people who are looking at alternatives, considering unexpected outcomes, considering what that risk reward ratio might be in a more maybe more balanced way, let's say. Well,
0: and I think you bring up a a valid point there as far as you don't want probably that overly negative person or a group that would be pushing you too far that way. Overall, is is there a way to see a balance? Is that something you talk about with any of the coaching you do or any of the teams you've worked with?
1: Where I have been asked to come in is when a a manager is dealing with a, a couple of people who are very negative in their workplace. And Sometimes that ends up reflecting on the manager or being directed at the manager. Okay. So in general, I think that when there are highly negative people or people who are creating drama in the workplace, mm-hmm. I think that the leaders of that group, um, whether that's the direct leader and, and the level up, need to kind of take it head on and create an intervention that begins to minimize the kind of negativity that these people might create for the overall work group. I think negativity in general doesn't have a very strong positive role in the workplace. Glass half empty is, is a different point.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Just a little bit of uh, a little bit of maybe pushback by some of those individuals but not like you said I think drama is a perfect word for that. Not creating that drama in the, in the workplace. I did want to touch on some specific emotions that you know, might come up. And these are some terms that people don't necessarily talk about a lot, or maybe they have different ideas on what they mean or what they could mean in the workplace. And of course, understanding every individual is different, every situation is different. But I think we can always pick out some general ideas from these types of things. And the first one I want to ask about was the term and the feeling of hope. Some might see it, of course, as a positive. I think it has that positive feeling, but I could also see where others would take kind of a negative slant to it. Where do you see it falling in?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting word to think about when you think about the workplace because it might sound to some a little lofty and mm-hmm. as if it doesn't belong almost. But I think if you think about what hope could be at work, it's really about your expectation that you're with a winning company, a company that's going to succeed, and that you're going to be part of it going forward. You know, It's about feeling that you can accomplish goals. I think there's hope embedded in that, sure. and that's related to optimism. And I think it's also the feeling that as problems come up, you will be able to solve them. So I have the flexibility, I have the resources, the company's provided me the help to solve problems as they occur. And And I do think that it's an interesting word and an interesting element of a company's culture. And I think that that feeling of hope, as defined the way I did anyway, naturally occurs if a company has a culture of accountability, if they empower people, if they reward people.
0: And that's very well put. And the only side I saw to it with hope being possibly, again, somebody looking at it from a negative slant is the idea, well, why are you hoping for something? Why don't you just go do it? Why don't we expect it to happen? Is that too much of just wordplay versus the actual feelings that might be involved?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that sort of sounds as if it's um, a a kind of overconfidence without taking action. And Mm. in general, in today's workplace, being as lean and competitive as it is, I think there is in many cultures a bias toward not just thinking about the solution, but actually coming up with ways to implement it. So I I, I hear you.
0: (laughs) And again, of course, it probably comes across of me uh, being negative there, but I just its something that came up and something (laughs) across my mind. How about in terms of frustration at the workplace? What kind of impact does that have on individuals and teams? I think
1: it's the perfect example of an emotion that can, can be used both positively and negatively. Okay. And it's all in terms of what you do with it, how you channel your own behavior. If you're very frustrated with a system and a procedure and it's in your power or you have some way to influence changing that, then I think frustration in, in a way can be a positive because it, it, it inspires you to take some action to your point before. On the other hand, if you're really frustrated with a coworker's communication style or behavior, and you let that simmer and it, you know you fret about it and it lead you to increasing levels of anger and you don't take some kind of action, and I'm not suggesting what that action should be, because that's what I would do with somebody is talk through different courses of action, but right. then it can be a negative. So it, it's all in really recognizing you're having the emotion and then figuring out, okay, given that, what is in this that I can control? What can I take action on?
0: See, and what I'm hearing, and uh, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear frustration without hope is probably about the worst place you could be. <laughs> but I do feel like if you have that hope, then you can get past that frustration.
1: Yeah. And I think um, I think that's an interesting point. Frustration without hope means that you aren't yet able to focus your energies on going somewhere that might be a positive solution. Mm -hmm. And so I think if people simply jump in and say, I'm not going to just let this go on, I'm going to do something productive about it, but then thinking through very carefully how you do it, you are in a political system.
0: Another term that I've seen a lot lately in terms of emotion and just again interaction in the workplace is the idea of gratitude. How do you see that being an impact in the workplace?
1: Well, I see it in terms of how a boss treats his or her staff. Do they praise? Do they give thank yous? Do they make people feel valued and good about what they're doing? I think that that's one way that it can be a very high productivity increaser in the workplace. Sure. It can also be turned around on the other side when when or if a company is really sensitive to and shows some degree of caring for an employee who has an illness or has a issue such as going on maternity leave or they need some kind of flexibility or aging parents or whatever that is. And what I've seen is when companies do go that extra mile in providing a mixture of compassion and flexibility, the degree of loyalty and the gratitude, loyalty, and um, sense of commitment to the company is just so strong. Mm-hmm. It's so strong. It's, it's incredible.
0: This next one that uh, came to mind, as I mentioned in the notes I sent to you ahead of time, it seems a bit loaded of a feeling because, again, maybe I chose these on purpose, but the idea that it could be positive, it could be a negative, and that's pride.
1: I think of pride, it, again, in kind of two ways. I think of it as pride in your work right, or pride in your accomplishments, which is a really strong, positive emotion. And then I think about pride in terms of people being, not being able to admit that they're wrong mm. or not being able to admit that they don't know everything sure. or not admitting that they were the one who made the mistake or not giving credit to somebody else because they want to take the credit out of pride. So I mean, I think it's a, a really interesting emotion because it can be, lead you to feel very positive things and can lead other people to feel positive about, about you or the alternative is also true. So maybe it's pride taken too far.
0: Okay, I like, the, I like the way that's phrased. Now, do you see that as being related in some ways to the idea of confidence and some of the aspects we talked about earlier?
1: I think it probably is related to confidence. Confidence to me is as much how you behave, how you act, kind of the aura you send out about your belief about yourself. And I think some people who are very confident may indeed have a high level of pride in themselves. And I think that's certainly a very genuine, when, when somebody's confident and they have pride in, the, in their accomplishments, I think it comes across as being very genuine. I also think confidence is interesting, though, because people who are not naturally confident can, in fact, become more so by forcing themselves to take small risks and ending up finding that they are good at what they were trying to do and gaining confidence.
0: It's a very interesting perspective. I appreciate you bringing that to the show today. We're get, starting to get a little low on time. I wanted to touch on one more. I was going to bring up anger, but I think we kind of touched on that with frustration. But this other term, I feel, is another one of those interesting ones to me, especially in the workplace. And that's the idea of feeling content, having that contentment. How do you see that as far as the workplace and maybe how a manager might see that if they notice it within their with their employee?
1: You know, that word makes me think about how you feel after a big Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's... <laughs> It jars me a little bit because it doesn't seem to fit with today's lean, competitive work environment right. and where we need to be always looking for opportunities, anticipating problems and complacency and contentment sort of feel related to me. Sure. And if you're feeling content and maybe therefore complacent, maybe you won't be driven to change.
0: All right. Well, that's why we have you on the show. I think that's a a nice perspective as far as I'm I'm in agreement with you that I I felt the same kind of feeling as far as complacency when I hear the word contentment and good or bad in the workplace. I think that, like you said, that's kind of where we're at right now. Now, when it comes to these emotions, our own or others, of course, uh, what are some of the common mistakes people might make and how we analyze them or react to them in a certain way?
1: The first thing to think through is what are your personal triggers? What are the things that make you upset, angry, frustrated, or any of the words we've we've uh, just gone over? So one, know, know yourself. You know, is it somebody who's acting arrogantly? Is it somebody who said something demeaning? You know, is it being not included in a meeting? What are those things that get us upset? And then I think not giving ourselves a chance to cool down before we react. I mean, there's, there's actual research behind how, how long it takes our body to cool down after you have an initial reaction of, of frustration or anger. I think it's really helpful when a boss or a peer might suggest if they see you in a very emotional state or about to be there to help ask you if you'd like to take a walk, talk, you know, letting the people to get off steam so that it doesn't boil up. The worst is saying and doing things that we regret because they can't be taken back. Mm-hmm. And they can set up a chain reaction in the workplace. I think people sometimes don't think through, right, I'm, I need to have this very potentially conflictive discussion with a person in, in, who I work with, and how do I plan for that conversation? What, what is the message I want to give? What am I trying to accomplish?
0: Well, those are some great tips and insight into some of the items we've been talking about today. As I said, we're right up against the clock, but I wanted to give you the last 30 seconds or so right here. Any final piece of advice for people listening out there, especially maybe those that are in positions that they feel they're struggling with in terms of emotion? What would you want to leave them with today from our conversation?
1: Find a trusted advisor to speak with so that you have some perspective on the situations you might, you might be dealing with. Try to segment what am I really feeling and and then try to think through what would the end point be? What would I like to see happen that's different? And then any kind of interaction that you plan to have with someone, plan it to a very granular level. What do I want to say first? What kinds of questions do I want to ask? A lot of times interpersonal conflict is made worse when we don't actually understand another person's agenda or how they're feeling. So spending some time understanding others is one of the first keys when I am advising people on how to deal with emotional issues in the workplace.
0: Well, that will do it for us here on this episode of Employment Notebook. Again, we've been talking about emotions in the workplace and how they may affect you and others. And we've been doing that today with Hillary Pearl. Hillary is an executive coach and consultant with Datner Consulting. Hillary, thanks a lot for coming on and sharing some of your experience with us. We do appreciate it today.
1: A pleasure, Tim. Thank you
0: so much. And if you're looking to reach out to us, maybe you have feedback from this show or you have a suggestion for a future topic, go ahead and email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also contact us via Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. Take care, everybody.